welcome to another wonderful episode of Laugh and Be Blessed with your hosts, Jake Rubel. And this week, we've got a special guest. It's not Chia Rubel. It's the uh, almost as beautiful Evan Burke. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I, I've moved in on your uh, on your house, on your domain, so maybe I am the new Chia. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, no one else is, though. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Evan is a good buddy of mine from Nashville, Tennessee. Well, he lives in Nashville, Tennessee now, but we'll get into where he's from and everything later. He's a fantastic comedian. We did some shows this weekend together, and we're uh, we're excited to have him as our house guest this weekend. It's been great. I love it here. If you guys if you guys ever get invited by Jake. You won't. Uh, to you come won't. check out his house, do it, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you won't. So yeah. it's a very special, take my word for it. Very special invitation. Yeah. Uh, we don't open our home to just anyone, <laughs> so no messages. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> no photos. I signed an NDA. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it, we could probably just go ahead and let's do, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the shows that we did this weekend, and we'll talk about some shows that we have coming up. How's that sound? That sounds great. Mark your calendars. Jake could be coming to a town near you. I mean, what better way to start? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we did shows Friday. We did shows Saturday. Uh, first night of shows, we were in Evansville, Indiana. Um, Evansville, Indiana at the Backstage Bar and Grill. And, um, you know, ended up being really, really, really fun show. It was... Uh, yeah, it was great. It was a great show. I, I hosted... Uh, Jake, you featured, and, and then headliner was Andy Beningo. My first time working with Andy. Um, he was really funny. <clears throat> yeah, Andy's a great guy. So um, the show was put on by a guy named Josh Turley. Josh is out of Evansville. He's trying to kind of do a whole, um, I guess, kind of build the scene back up because supposedly at one point in time, Evansville had like a really good scene. And I think Josh is just trying to rebuild it, maybe, or he's part of like a larger group of people that are trying to do it, um, which is great in any kind of anytime that you're getting more live entertainment, whether it's comedy, music, or anything. Anytime you're getting that, and you have people kind of behind the scenes pushing for it, putting their own time, their own money, and stuff into it, it's great. So I like what Josh is doing. Um, yeah, I mean, and, downtown Evansville was super cool, and yeah. I think anytime you have a downtown strip like that with bars and restaurants. Even if there's one or two places with a stage, um, you know, definitely comedy, definitely, uh, you know, people in town definitely love it. The hard part, you know, for a guy like Josh as a producer, local talent, getting them to come out, uh, as well as getting people, you know, to come right. travel in and stuff like that. So, um, but no, I mean, he's he's doing great stuff because I mean that that town, downtown area prime spot for comedy yeah it was great so we did that show on friday night um had had a lot of fun doing it working with andy's always uh, a blast he's one of the nicest guys i've ever met like he's just such a good dude so we did that show and then we came back to my place uh, we went to IHOP. well we got to talk about that show real quick a little bit so that show was a little wild, wild. that show wild. was wild so i was hosting the show and <laughs> i mean it definitely got a little wild so there were like you know it it was you know pretty well attended also while also be kind of being lightly attended, um, few tables there a couple tables definitely into it, um, you know one thing that happened for me specifically, uh, you know I, I talk about how I'm Jewish on stage mm -hmm. you know and so, you know the bartender super nice. <laughs> What might have been a little drunk? I don't know. I have no idea. It seemed like probably. I don't know. But the moment that I said that I um you know was Jewish. Um, she proceeded to uh, imply and, and I guess make the 
she took it a step further to say, oh, you must be circumcised. Prove it. <laughs> and this is the bartender again. This is the staff yeah. of, the, of the place we're performing. And so then that led to um, other audience members um, really trying to get me to prove uh, that status. And I don't know. I felt truly uncomfortable. Some would say I was sexually harassed. I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> right. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Some would say, though. Yeah, it got it, it definitely got weird. I mean, they it, it de- got weird. They kept trying to. They kept yelling, "Prove it to yeah. me!" So, just wanted to throw it out there that, um, you know, I've you know maybe that's some not would okay. say maybe that's not okay. Some would say some would say I wouldn't say it, but some yeah. would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was it was good. The, and then after, like you know, I I feel like you killed it. You did such a good job hosting. Oh, like thanks, you, man. And that's that's honestly why I asked if you could come host is because. You, we met doing the shows uh, with Dusty Slay in Alabama, mm-hmm. and Huntsville Stand Up Live. Yeah, and and it was such a good weekend, such a good time. We had a lot of fun, and you just did such a great job of commanding the room, and like setting the pace, and just kind of going out there. Because I don't think a lot of people who don't know a lot about comedy understand that the host job is difficult because mm-hmm. it's yeah. you can make or break a show, and when a host can go out and just tell the audience, Hey, this is what we're about to do. And you guys are a part of the thing that we're going to do. And you're also in charge of whether it's fun or not. Like, like the guys on stage are going to have fun and they're going to do their thing, but it's up to you whether or not you have fun. And if you have fun, it's going to be more fun for everyone. We're all going to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. and, And you, you have like a great energy about you whenever you come out and you just like, you really set the pace to where, I was like, yeah, that's, you know, whenever Josh was like, do you know who, you, you know, anybody you want to host? And I was like, dude, I would love my friend Evan to come. I was like, if if you if he's up for mm-hmm. it and you're cool with it, man, I'd love for him to come. And, I appreciate that. And I'm stoked I did because you did such a great job yeah. the other night. I love hosting, you know, so for all of y'all out there, if you need a host for anything. Yeah. yeah I just like hosting Burke. stuff, you know what I mean? So uh, I'll keep it going for y'all. Yeah. I'll keep it live, <laughs> yeah. keep people engaged, make sure everyone has a drink. If anybody needs anything, I'll I'll handle it. So yeah, yeah it's a <laughs> we, good we went time. to IHOP after, which was great. We had about a two hour drive after that show uh, back here to Bloomington. Yeah, stopped at an IHOP. Got there at what time? I don't even know what the time. I think it was, was like two. It was about two two thirty in the morning whenever we went to IHOP because I think we got back to my place probably three yeah. thirty. And I was I was dragging at that point. Yeah, it was rough. Like. Hindsight, oh. we probably should have just came back to the house. But yeah. IHOP, they have good omelets. Yeah, you know, it was good. Well, and just to provide some context, I think I told you what my couple of days looked like prior to that. Yeah, so but, just to kind but of let dis- us know, just to describe kind of where I was at at that point. I had a friend in town in Nashville uh, this week, and and he's from the UK. I used to work with him at a company in New York during the pandemic. You know, he still kept his job in New York, remained you know on his visa and all that stuff, but decided to go down to Florida. And so he's been road tripping back up to New York, uh, you know, because things are starting to open back up again. And so he's like, yo, I want to stop in Nashville. And my birthday happens to be on this day, Wednesday. Um, And I was like, dude, you're from the UK. You've never been to Nashville. It's going to be your birthday. We're going honky tonking. You know what I mean? Like I'm taking you to Broadway. So we go out and we just had way too much fun. I got way too drunk. I mean, Thursday morning, I woke up uh, not feeling well, and then I had to to work my day job, which requires me to have phone calls with people um, all day, about 14, 15 calls a day, 
scheduled every half hour. So I'm just hurting. I'm having to do these calls. Then I have a show that night in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Somehow recover, do that show, get back home at like 1 a.m., wake up the next day, work again, do a bunch of calls, drive to do the show. Then we're driving. Now we're at IHOP. So that's just where I, that's yeah. where I, that's, I just wanted to provide some context. That's where I'd been. Yeah. And you did a great job of not showing how just exhausted and wild your week had been. So we came back to the house, uh, pretty much instantly crashed. Like as yeah. soon as we got back, yeah. you uh, confiscated my daughter's room for the weekend. I did with uh, her permission. Yeah, and she wasn't in there, so it's not like a weird situation. Like yeah. she was, she stayed in our room. <laughs> so I guess I should say that. Yeah, that could sound real weird. Yeah, you slept, you know, in my daughter's room with her. Yeah, no. Uh, so Evan got set up in Jasmine's room and. And I brought treats for the kids, you know, to make up for me. Just you instantly, they fell in love with you yeah, instantly. Whenever you're like, I brought you flavored popcorn mm-hmm. from Nashville, Tennessee. Here you, you go. go. It's from the farmer's market, and now I'm Uncle Evan. There it is. <laughs> so, And then, uh, so Saturday, yesterday, we ended up uh, taking Jasmine to softball practice together. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I was, she was like, I can take her if you want. And I was like, nah, I think me and Evan could do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we did. And it was great. Yeah. We just kind of hung out at the softball field for a little bit, watched her do her thing. And then we went and got uh, food at my friend's food truck, right on cue, barbecue. Mm. And uh, if you're around Spencer, Indiana, and across from Babs grocery store, there's a little food truck lot sitting there, and right on Q Barbecue's the best. The best, dude. A hundred percent. Oh man, we just got we got, we got a rack of ribs, uh, chicken tacos, spicy mac and cheese, uh, what lemonade shake, lemon shakeups, yeah, lemon shakeups. I yeah. mean, this place is on fire. Yeah. And oh man, we just we're, we're recording this podcast in the morning. We made some. Leftover, leftover breakfast, breakfast burritos, yeah. barbecue breakfast burritos. Yeah. So man, yeah, we had some. Uh, we we brought back some chicken with us and some leftover ribs and uh, some spicy mac and cheese. And I uh, fried up. I scrambled like you know five eggs, scrambled those up, and then threw it all in a tortilla. Yep, man, it was so good. five eggs from the backyard. Yeah, this is Jake Rubel's house. <laughs> yeah, let me go grab some eggs yeah. out back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then we so we ended up doing a show last night, and this is what we really want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> we did we did a show last night in Washington, Indiana. History was made last night, and I feel like uh, it's very important from the very beginning for me to say that the bar owner, very nice guy, uh, great guy, took care of us financially. Yeah, you know, so we, we yeah, but but the thing is, we earned our pay last yeah. night. <laughs> that was. Uh, that was one of the worst shows. Now, okay, I, that was the worst, best show I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'd have to say it, it was arguably one of the worst shows I've ever had, but it wasn't unenjoyable. Exactly. It was like, so to, to just paint the picture, so we get there, it is two rooms. Um, the way it is, you walk into the bar, and there's the, the room that's got the bar, and then there's like two open windows. Um, you know, like a like a serving window, if you will. There's two of those with a doorway in between them, and you walk through that door, and there is a uh, like a pool hall room or a dance floor, and they've got chairs set up in there and a mic by the pool table, literally in front of the pool table. Yeah. There's no, no stage. stage. Yeah, nothing we've just like been that. put up in front of a pool table, right? Uh, which is <laughs> which is fine. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so then there's there's like a back room that's like a uh, you know foosball room, and that's where they put the comics. So we go back there. We're all kind of talking. We're all kind of laughing a little bit about the the, the place because I was like, hey, if you ever want to do comedy and get tetanus, yeah, this is I the mean, there's place. yeah, there's like no one there. There's a couple of people at the bar. All, there's been maybe you know fifteen to twenty chairs set up in front of the microphone that's in front of well, the pool the bar, table and no one's sitting there yet the bar was full like people the the whole bar was full yeah. when we walked in people and were sitting at the bar like eight yeah. people left when we got there they're like oh comedy's about to start i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna go yeah, ahead and I'm get out of here yeah <laughs> so this. they're like we're gonna go someplace and drink quietly so uh the show starts now uh the way that the lineup was there's a there's a comic um i, I believe he's in evansville his name's uh chris izzy Super nice guy. I've worked with him a couple times. He's a very, very nice dude. Uh, I like him. He's actually got a, a podcast. Um, but uh, I think he does. Uh, I don't know if I should say it. Because I think he was saying last night it's kind of like a secret. Thing. Yeah, it's a secret. So maybe I won't. Yeah, but he's he's he's. he's uh, yeah. yeah, I almost just outed yeah. him on my yeah, podcast. Yeah, but if you find his his other thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're in the know. Yeah. So so Chris was hosting, and then Josh Turley, who who puts it on, it's Foolish Comedy Productions is his, his company. He puts the shows on. He was doing a guest spot. Then Evan went up. So it's like you got. You got Chris going up and doing like I think fifteen minutes or something or ten or fifteen minutes. Then you got Josh doing five. There were minutes. no rules. Then you got Evan going up. Evan's gonna do twenty to twenty five minutes. Then you got me going up. I'm gonna do twenty five to thirty minutes. Then you got Andy's gonna go up and do forty five to fifty minutes. And there's two people in the audience. So I told it's a, there's a couple that looks like there's <gasps> about like they're about to break up. <laughs> like that's who's yeah. in the audience like, like this is their last like date. tonight's the night yeah. That, yeah like the guy's taking him to a show taking her to a show so he doesn't have to talk to her and then after the show he's gonna be like okay it's not working out yeah our relationship was like that show <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> because you're absolutely right that is exactly and also the town i'd never been to washington indiana but as soon as we pulled in i just looked at evan and said this is the type of town that still has a movie rental store yeah and so hopefully that paints the picture of the kind of town that but, it, that it is. So, it, but it was a cool little cool little bar. And if you're ever there, I mean, definitely check out the bar. Um, but one thing that happened specifically, you know, I was the first of the, I guess, features uh, to to go on. And so, you know, the first two comics went up. You know, nothing against them. They had kind of a rough go at it. The crowd wasn't really into it. Um, yeah. You know, they definitely. Did their thing, uh, but it was it was tough. I got up there, and there's a guy working security, super nice guy named Phil, and he's working security. He's got a he's got a shirt on that says security, and he's also like just being super nice to the point where you think he might own the place. But he, while I'm doing my set, I, you know, start doing jokes and. I guess he didn't think the audience was into it enough, so he starts kind of giving the audience a pep talk while I'm doing comedy for them to pep me up. It was so bad. And this is all right as I'm like building up a punch, building up a joke. You know, I'm revving up the engine, about to drop a punchline. And then, you know, a couple of lines before the punchline, Phil will go, Now, come on, guys. What these guys are doing is hard out here. Yeah, I know. And we appreciate it. 
And then you know, and then he looked at he's me. He's the only one clapping. Like he would clap almost like this will get everyone else clapping. But what he doesn't realize is we're just listening to your story, yeah, and waiting for you to hit that joke. And there's also seven people in this yeah. room. And only two of them are sitting in the comedy room. And the rest of them are in the bar. And that's another thing. Is the security dude that's pumping you up wasn't even sitting in the comedy room. He no. was sitting in the bar. And it's like, what do you... If you're yeah. if you're so wanting Evan to get pumped up, right. why aren't you sitting in there supporting him? Well, it was such a weird vibe. And I can handle like a little bit of like heck, you know, encouraging heckling, especially in a small room like that. You know, I'm down to just go with wherever the set's going to go at this point. But there was at one point where he got out of his seat while I'm doing a joke and he walks around that little corner and he just approaches me. Yeah. <laughs> hand out while I'm doing my comedy to like dat me up and give me a hug and tell me how much he appreciates the fact that we're here. So and, weird. and I get it, like there wasn't necessarily a stage there to really define that there was a show going on. So, you know, he didn't maybe he just didn't know. Maybe we he thought have just stood on maybe the pool he thought table. this was the sound check. <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't know, man. But it it led to any time I started getting any momentum. Uh, anytime I was about to really drop a punchline, uh, Phil would kind of just tell me I was doing great. And it so was, it I was, was really, it was really he hard was to be trying to be nice, but it was like, you're just making everyone else think yeah. that he's not doing great. Cause he's like, no, you're, it's like he was building up a little kid. Like, yeah. no, you're doing great, big guy. Yeah. And it's like, it was almost like he was stop. like, don't let these people determine your self worth. I'm yeah. like, they're not. Yeah. It's like, I'm still <laughs> trying to have fun. Like, Regardless yeah. of my circumstances, I'm still trying to have fun. And side note, there was rumors going around that Phil is ranked <laughs> in either Indiana or Washington, Indiana as an MMA fighter. And again, he seemed to be like maybe late 50s, early 50s, maybe into the 60s. I don't know. I can't tell people's ages anymore. Um, but he... Uh, maybe not that far. Yeah, but he... Uh, Sorry. You know, so there was a moment there where I was like... I'm just not going to mess with this guy. Whatever this guy wants to do during my set. I have to let um, him. I have to let him. Yeah. And, and he wasn't like a big guy, but that doesn't mean anything. That dude you know, could have done some stuff that we didn't know about. It kind of looked like Flea a little bit from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but <laughs> also did. like crazy like Flea. Like, like, yeah, like crazy knows Flea. what he's yeah. do? Like that dude was not okay. <laughs> no, his <laughs> wife was there. His wife, Celia. She was so embarrassed. She was so embarrassed. She but, was very sweet, but she was super embarrassed. Yeah, but Phil ended up giving me a t-shirt. He ended up giving me some of his merch you, as a fighter i thought that was you gave him your shirt which i still have a few at the house just wanted to make sure but i was afraid <laughs> of that guy he's like let, how, can i get that shirt and i'm like oh gosh it yes. was weird he's like let me let me buy that shirt off and of you like, and you're right, like dude. you're like dude just take it and, and don't normally talk to i'm me like anymore. nope i'm like dude i just i thought i was gonna get him to chill it didn't so then so that was my set um and you know, in moments like that, you you want to do nothing more than get off the stage after seven minutes. And I stayed up there for I don't know how long, but I just wanted to. We were told they needed a two-hour show, and I was like, well, there was at one point the audience needed to hash something out amongst themselves during my set. Yeah, and that helped me by about two and a half minutes. It was weird. Well, there some was woman also... came in because she just fought somebody. Yeah, and it... I was trying to help her, and she... then I asked her. Why did this woman fight you? And the woman literally goes, "Cause I'm a yeah, cause I'm a I'm a witch but with, with a B with a B." <laughs> and and I was like, "Oh, so you deserved it? Yeah, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Like, if there's anything we can do?" She's like, "No, nah, I deserved it." The thing is, is that we're all standing there like 
what is happening? Like, we're really here. And I told the dude running the show, I said, hey, man, if you want, since there's only like a couple people here, these people seem like they probably want to do something else. Yeah. Uh, we can all just do a little bit shorter time. And he's like, no, nah, man, the owner wants two hours, and which is insane anyways. Yeah. That's too long of a show in a club atmosphere. Yeah. Like, it was just yeah. like, okay. So then I was just like, well, all right. But then he told me what they were paying us. It's like, yeah, which dude. was stupid. So like, yeah, we'll do longer. Yeah, I was like, well, I'll do, I'll go up there and just do whatever you want. I'll do an encore. Like it like. was a dumb amount of money a, yeah, for what we were doing. For what we did, and but that's but that's comedy, right? It's like there does come a point where it does become professional, right? Where you're getting paid. Where sometimes those shows aren't as good as like the free indie show in your hometown, exactly. where you're not going to get paid. That's yeah, packed out. It's for just, sure. Once it becomes, it's, weird. It, it's very weird, and so. Uh, it's so, well. So, it's, anyways, yeah. I, I was sitting there at the bar with Andy and the the bar owner and the cook. The chef was in there, and I was like, uh, "The chef, he comes over and he's." I say, "Chef, he the cook." He comes cook, over and he's dude. like, uh, "He's like, man, I just kind of want to curl up in a ball and die right now." And I looked over at him and I was like, "Are you about to go up on stage?" Almost like, "Dude, I'm going up in yeah. front of these people." Yeah. Like, and they're just my friend's funny, and they're not do, giving him and anything. Dude, and this dude's kind of looking like a caricature, right? Yeah, like he's, like got, he's, a he's on, got a beanie he's on, he's got a, a he's nose got ring, nose ring. He's got he's got kind of like a beard, shaggy hair. He's yeah, wearing an red apron. Hair, yeah, like he's a fry cook, and he's like, and he's just out here like. So I really said, so I was like, are you about to go up on stage? Yeah. And he was just like, oh man, I wish. And I looked at him and was like, do you want to? And he was like, are you serious? And I looked it over at Andy, who was the headliner. And I said, Hey, you care if the, the, the you care if the fry cook goes up on stage and does five minutes? And he was like, Oh, absolutely. Cause we were just like, dude, please eat up as much time yep. as possible. So, so we don't have to go up there. When in reality, we just delayed us getting out of there. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. So he, I went up to, <laughs> I went up to the host and was like, Hey, whenever you're about to call me up instead, call up Gavin, the fry cook. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, are you serious right now? And I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Good. Just go ahead and do it. It's his debut. He's never done this before. It's his comedy debut. And he gets up there and he proceeds to rip on the establishment, talk about how he hates his job. His, hates boss, his boss is right there. Like he was doing open mic stuff that people always do where they're just like, oh, I hate my job, man. But it's like you're doing it at your place at, at of work. At one point he literally goes, man, this job, man, I'm over it. <laughs> His and boss his boss is just, just looking watching. at him like, what is happening? But honestly, at this point in the night, you know, the, the audience had seen quite a few comics. And this guy gets up there, and the one thing that he says specifically was he was like, man, you know, I've never stood on stage like this before and talked to people. You know, not at least like, at least like not in this context. And man, this is dumb. <laughs> That got the biggest laugh yeah. of the night. Yeah, they him, were just like, him, it is dumb. All him these guys saying that what we were doing was, was dumb. just dumb. Him being like, man, I've never done this. And like, I'm here to tell y'all, it's, just, it's dumb. It's Don't so listen to these dose, comics. Yeah. This, dude. Is this is dumb. dumb. And it was, um, well, he, got the, then, he got the biggest laugh of the night with and that And then joke. he did something else where he's just like, oh man, yeah, I'm just back there making chicken fingers. And then the place erupted with laughter. And we were like, what is happening? Like... Evan's giving real jokes that are funny and worked out, and I've seen him do in packed-out comedy clubs that are sold-out shows, and he does these jokes, and people, like, explode in laughter and applause, and he does it here, and people are, like, 
rolling their eyes. And it's like, what has happened? And then this guy's just like, oh, man, I make chicken fingers. And people explode. Yeah. And I was like, what is going He's on? He's like, man, don't listen to me, y'all. What am I doing? I'm just back there making chicken tenders. <laughs> but the way that he said it, man, I was like, dude, you are funnier than me. <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing though is that you went up to the bartender and was like, "Hey, can I get a can I get some water and maybe like some some fries?" And she goes, "Yeah, I'll get you the water, but uh, you're going to have to wait on the fries cuz our cook is on stage yeah, right now." Yeah, cook's on stage right now. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, no no worries. It's yeah, all good." Yeah, fine. And then he gets off stage, couple com- comics go up again. I go up to her, I'm like, "Hey, can I get those fries?" And she like gives me one of those like, "No." Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, really? She was like, oh, yeah, you can get them. And I was like, <laughs> okay. okay. Like, I'm already not having like, a good time. Like, you said no because, like, you, like, I believe you because, like, I did order them a while ago, but then Gavin's still talking about his set. Oh, my yeah, yeah, I go over there. It's like, this is like 30 minutes after that? I order the fries. Gavin's just like, t- Gavin, everyone's going up to Gavin. Great set, dude. Great. He's like, I know. I think I'm going to start doing this. Yeah. <laughs> he actually told us at the end of the night, right before we left, he's like, hey, I doubt you guys ever want to come back, but if you do, hit me up, man. I want to do... Like, he's ready to just go on tour. He's like, let's do this thing. But, you know, my thing is, I was happy that we did it. It made his night. That dude's good. Like, he's never done that before. And that was kind of... Whenever he was like, I want to go up, I was like, do it. Totally. Who cares, dude? Do comedy. Who knows what him doing comedy that one night will get that guy Maybe he'll start an open mic. You know? You know? Or something. Yeah, maybe we can go do that one. uh, Yeah, (laughs) maybe. It, it it felt like an open mic where we had to do 20 minutes and no one cared. Yeah. No, but, that's truly what it felt like. So but then I, got, I went up, yeah. and whenever I went up, they were... Uh, <laughs> luckily, I feel like it was so weird that Gavin went up that they almost was just kind of like, okay, I don't know. We'll see. And then whenever I went up, I, I You got were the started. perfect in-between, I think, personally, between like Gavin and the comedians, because you right. just, you just got you started talking to people. Yeah, I did not do a set. I just went up and just started like uh, just talking to people, asking them, you know, what are you guys into? Like some dude, I was just like, hey, what's up, man? You guys just came in. You got some ripped up jeans. You look like my people. What's going on? What's your name? And he's like Justin, and I was like, right on, Justin. I was like, you got that tattoo going on. What's that tattoo? And he goes, oh, this tattoo right here, it's from Brother Bear. Brother Bear. (laughs) I was like, are you serious? Like the cartoon? I was like, that's out of control, man. (laughs) That's a Brother Bear tattoo. And he was wearing a cut-off shirt to show it off. And I was like, dude... You and got he had it. some like Def Leppard hair or something. He was doing something with his hair. It was out of control. Yeah, yeah it was. It he was eighties, man. He was eighties. That, that, that cat was straight eighties. But you just talked to people. Yeah, man. I was just talking. But then, like, then the secu- now the security guard at this point he ne- he didn't talk to Gavin at all. Like he just sat there, right? So then, whenever I go up, I'm maybe three or four minutes. I'm not very mu- far into this. I'm three or four minutes. Now, keep in mind, there's two rooms that we're trying to work at the same time. There's a room directly in front of us, and then to the left, there's a window with people sitting at the bar listening to us and also trying to talk to us. So I'm looking back and forth between the two, but when I'm talking to Justin, I'm just looking directly at him, you know? So then Phil, who's sitting in the window... It's just like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, listen, hey, hey, listen, hey. And I like turned, I was like, yes, Phil. And he goes, look, I understand what you're doing, man, I get it, all right, I understand. 
But you got to understand that we're here for the show, too. You're looking at those people, and you're not even looking at us. I said, well, here's the thing, Phil. Why don't you join us in this room? <laughs> Get out of the window. Come in here and sit down with us. I was like, you I want to see mine. Yeah, I was like, I want to see you, bro. Yeah, Phil was like, am I creating this problem now? Exactly. So he kind of like looked at me for a second. I was like, oh, dude, I'm dead serious. Get in here. I was like, if you're going to talk to me, get in here. So he talked his wife into getting up and coming in there and sitting down in front of me. And I was like, all right, you know, now we got a show. So then I go back to talking to the audience and the side room. I'm looking back and forth. And Phil goes, oh, so now you can look over there? And I was like, yeah, dude, my neck swivels. Like, I can look over here, too. I was like, I was. I've been doing this the whole time, Phil. (laughs) Where are you? Are you here, Phil? What is happening? But it was so weird because I would try to – I would do – I would like get the only things that really worked. There was a couple jokes that I have in my set that did work. The Vietnam Jesus thing always works. Mm-hmm. I've never done it to where people are like that. You're an idiot uh, because it's a true thing that somebody said to me. And it's funny. Mm. So that worked. And I feel like that kind of opened people up to like, oh, this guy's going to make fun of himself. I think I don't know. So it ended up being uh, it ended up being better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know. And so I did 25, 30 minutes and uh, walked in the back of the room where you were. And I was like, I'm going outside. Like, I didn't want to be mean to Andy because Andy was about to go up. Oh, I also did a thing that Andy and was not and I, and what was my response? I'm waiting on some fries. You're like, I'm waiting on some fries. That are never <laughs> yeah, coming. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is what you said. And right before Andy came up, I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get off this stage. I was like, I've had a great time with you. I was like, this is one of the best audiences I've ever I've ever had. I was, I was just hamming it up. I was like, you guys are going to love Andy. He's a very good friend of mine. He travels all over the world. He's one of the biggest comedians of our time. This guy... And and I was just, he's just, just chasing. He's just shaking his head at me in the back, like you're such a jerk. And, and Jake's uh, also the one that got him on these gigs. Yeah, so he's just in the fault. back, like, I hate, oh my, I'm like, never what are you doing, doing to me right again? now? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. And then Andy went up, and it, it, I think because the show had been on so long, yeah. Andy started off to where it seemed okay, and people were into it. And then, like after maybe 15 minutes, they were just like. Like, Andy even tried to bring Phil into the set because he had heckled every single comic that went up, other than Gavin, for some reason. He had heckled everybody, so much so to where, during both of our sets, he got up and high-fived us while we're trying to do a joke. And it was just like, dude, sit down. (laughs) I appreciate it, man, but come on. The best part about Phil, dude, was that this guy was supposed to be working security, and after the comedy show, they have a a DJ that's going to play. Yeah, and the place was packed. So the place was beginning to pack out at the end of Andy's set and in anticipation of this DJ. So people yeah. start really arriving. And it, it, and from what we hear, this place gets pretty wild. Like, it's people there that are drinking, looking to hook up. like Always wa- fights, yeah. Always fights and stuff. <clears throat> and, and, like, literally right as the DJ is about to start, Phil's like, guys, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And Phil's wife takes him home. And the guy that was supposed to be working security for the comedy show that no one came to really yeah uh, leaves right leaves when right when popping. things started to pop off and I was just like okay. what is going on it, here yeah, it was man now here we're saying all this stuff but like it was I, so fun well and Andy tried Andy tried to bring Phil into it before Phil left he was just like hey Phil he's like what do you what do you think about this and Phil goes man this show ain't about me don't try to bring me into your set and it was like. What? That's all you've been doing. Yeah. In the moment that we want you yeah. to participate, you're just like, nah, it's about you. You do your thing. Yeah. 
And he's just like, you're not going to use me as a scapegoat. And it's right. like, that's all. We, did, we don't know what yeah, any of you yeah, want yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So, was, uh... so we ended up, uh, you know, it sounds like maybe we're talking trash with the show. We're not. It was, uh, it was fun. It was so weird. Uh, I, I felt like I, I felt like I ushered people through their first comedy club experience outside of a comedy club. Like I would yeah. tell a joke and then I would tell people like, all right guys, now normally in a comedy club, uh, people <laughs> yeah. really laugh at that. Yeah. Sometimes they clap. Yeah. Uh, then I, I might chill for like five seconds and soak that in. You even said then at I, one then, point, you go, uh, that's a callback. People love those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, you're like, I was like those are like, normally appreciated at comedy shows, but not, not people here. People really like this. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I'm doing, people laugh at frequently. And you guys are allowed to. Yeah. But was, it was like, and I don't want to make it seem like, uh, you know, we're, we're big shots. I'm like, oh, we don't do small shows. Because we'll do, we'll do like, especially right now. Yeah, we'll do do a show. Yeah. It's just the fact of like if it wasn't for the compensation that we got for that show, it would have been a bad night. Yeah. But the fact that we got paid as if we were working a comedy club, which was nice, was like, okay. You know, all right, it it's was like we'll do it. It's like we're into it. So, anyway, so that was uh that was <laughs> that was the show that we did. Um I mean, really good times. I mean, honestly, these are the stories that you need in comedy, and it, yeah, it's it's a it, it's it's a whole thing. Where so where are you about to be at? Let's so I'm about to be. Uh, where am I about to be? So I'm going to be in Nashville for a bit. Um, I'm doing Zanies with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show Tuesday, May 25th. Uh, Zanies Nashville, 7 p.m. Will be a fun show. Great lineup. And then they're back to full capacity. Too, they'll be back so. to full capacity, uh, no mask mandate type stuff. So just know that going in. So for your own comfort level. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I just started a <clears throat> monthly show in Nashville um, at a Double Tree Hotel. Uh, they have a beautiful back patio uh, where we plan on doing the comedy shows. The first one that we did, we ended up doing in the lobby, the bar lobby area, which uh, again, it's kind of one of those shows that we just described, but we all made the most of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, the goal is to have an outdoor, beautiful outdoor patio. We You're going to be on that show. We also had a blast last night. We had a blast. We we had a, it was a good hang. We had a mm-hmm. good time, and that's how the show, if something happens with your, it's going to be a good hang. Totally. And then yeah, so doing that, and then um, <coughs> yeah, get a couple more shows in Nashville, but then you know, relatively new new development. Uh, can't post it on social media yet. Uh, but if you're in New York City, June June 16th, I'll be at the Stand Comedy Club doing Bushwick Bears. Uh, my friend Dare Comfrey, uh, Jericho Davidson, um, love those guys up there. So doing those shows, um, that's kind of what I got going on. And then on. yeah, and then you can always check out the Show and Tell little web series I've got online, yeah. on demand at your leisure. Started a little Show and Tell video podcast talk show type thing. It's exactly what it sounds like bringing people in. To show things, to talk about them, to <laughs> yeah. talk about themselves. Um, so check that out, Show and Tell YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then I will be uh, just for what's coming up for me. So this uh, coming up weekend, which is May twenty first and twenty second, I'm back at Gutty's Comedy Club in Greenwood, Indiana. They have a new location. It is in the Greenwood Mall. It's right next to the Cheesecake Factory in the Greenwood Mall, which is a great location. It's a really cool room. It's small. It's intimate. It's got high ceiling or low ceilings. It's got uh, which is great for comedy, like low ceiling, packed room. Uh, this 
this chairs us around on the stage. It's it's going to be such a blast. I'm so excited. But I'm going to be there featuring for Bob Smiley. Um, Bob Smiley is hilarious. Uh, he, if you don't know who he is, just YouTube Bob Smiley and you're welcome. Dude is so funny. I'm I'm very honored to be able to work with him. So I'm stoked. So that's the 21st and 22nd. I'm going to be there. And then, yeah, like Evan said, on the 25th, I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee on Dusty's show. Uh, there's some great comedians that are on this lineup. I'm so excited to just watch them. Evan's going to be there, which I'm stoked about. Aaron Weber's going to be on the show. He's so funny. He's hilarious. He's on the Nate Land podcast with Nate Bergazzi. Uh, John Hickok is on the show. Uh, very famous YouTube uh, channel, Hickok45, which is all about shooting guns and everything. But he's going to be there. Um, Plus some others. You never know who drops in it. Yeah, Dusty so. Slade does a 45-minute set. So if you've never seen Dusty do his full-length set. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, dude. it's going to be so good. So that's the 25th. Uh, 26th, I don't know. I'm just going to be hanging out. I'm staying with Evan this whole week that I'm there. So um, 26th, yep. just kind of hanging out, you know, checking out Nashville. We might end up doing like an open mic that night we kind of talked about possibly. And then the 27th, um, I'm going to be doing Evan's show and a show at the Comedy Bar. Uh, so that's going to be great. I'm, I'm really, really stoked about that. And then June 1st, I will be with Andy Beningo, uh, once again in Mishawaka, Indiana. So that is, uh, just North, just, uh, of, well, I say just North, it's actually just South of Michigan, actually. So if you're around Mishawaka, come check us out there. Smokestack Brewhouse, supposed to be a fantastic room. And I love working with Andy Beningo. He's a good buddy of mine. Super funny. Um, so yeah, just come out there. So that's June 1st. Uh, I believe that's a Tuesday. I will be there. And then I am going to, um, on the 5th, on June 5th, I have a show in Plainfield, Indiana, um, with Donnie Baker. So that's going to be, I think it's sold out. It's a 7:30 show. I believe it's already sold out. I think there's a 10:30 show though. So that one's not sold out yet. So Plainfield, Indiana, uh, Donnie Baker, Check that out. Donnie Baker's of Bob and Tom fame, I guess you could say. So never met the guy, never uh, seen his stand-up, so kind of interesting you know, situation, kind of interested to see what he's got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the next couple weeks what's coming up. So Here's what we're reading. Now I, I haven't I didn't ask you before we started this. Do you read very much? Do you like read? Um, into that? Not books as much. To be honest with you, I've been reading the Bible recently. Great. Uh, but trying to just learn about it because I love I love comedians that are like throwing out Bible references to stories and stuff, and you just see the audience laughing and getting it. So I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there's stuff in there, and uh, so I've been actually, you know, when I am picking up a book, I'm trying to work my way through the Old Testament right now. Right. I have, I have a book that's like, the they call it like the complete Jewish Bible. And so it's basically the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it's translated in a way that kind of really says, listen, the full story is both. Right. So you got to really read both, understand both, and do what you will with it. But So that's kind of what I'm doing when I'm reading. Right on, but what yeah. are you reading? Uh, you got any suggestions? Because I, I would love to get into some books. What kind of, like, what kind of stuff are you into? Man, I, I do like, you know... Um, I don't know. I kind of like thought provoking. Um, I don't know. I'm not really into like mystery stuff so much as I am into like, you know, uh, what am I getting? Sci-fi, like sci-fi slash, um, I don't know more 
I don't want to say introspective. I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, I definitely have some some pretty cool books I could show you before. I actually, whenever Dusty was in town, we went to a, a bookstore, and it was weird because it was like an antique bookshop, but they just happened to have a book that I had just finished reading that was like a real wild sci-fi book, and he bought it, and we'll probably never read it. He's like, yeah, I'll go ahead and buy this and put it on my shelf. Yeah. And never look at it again. <laughs> but... um. The uh, we could definitely I could show you a couple cool books before uh, you take off. But one one thing I've been reading. Um, so I've been reading this this uh, The Shining for a while. Yeah, and I'm still in it, but I'm not like in it in it. So I'm just kind of like picking up and read like a couple chapters and then put it down. But I started reading um, <sighs> Kevin Hart's book. Yeah, and I'm trying to. I don't want to. I think it's. I I want to say it's called You Can't Make This Up. I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, you can't make this up, uh, Kevin Hart. And I'm almost finished with it. the The beginning of it was kind of like it was cool to hear a little bit of his backstory and stuff, but I just wasn't that interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to know where he came from, and it's nice to see like uh, all the stuff that he overcame, the struggles, and like he's had a hard life. Like he's had some hard stuff, but the way that he talks about it isn't. He doesn't talk about it like poor me or like this stuff was hard. He just is like, yeah, oh yeah, this is this was my childhood. This mm-hmm. is just some stuff that happened. But whenever he got into like doing comedy, it, it's very interesting. And I was like really hooked on it at that point because yeah. he had like, uh, you know, he just he worked at a, a, a he was a shoe salesman and was just really funny on the floor. And then some people was just like, you should try stand up. And he's like, oh, you can just do that? He never did, knew anything about it, nothing. So he just went to like an open mic and did did really good and then just kept going back and kept doing really good. And then, uh, yeah, there was a, a, a New York comic that was just like, you know, if you want to really be serious about this, come with me. And, and he started taking me to New York with him and they started doing some stuff. And it took him years of going to New York like four or five times a week and getting nothing and uh, barely getting spots and like people just not really caring very much. And then finally he, like he just started all of a sudden things started happening for him. It was like, you know, destroying his relationship with his, his girlfriend and like mm-hmm. all this stuff uh, for like four years, you know? Yeah. And it's just crazy to hear about like just the, this guy works, man. Like yeah. the the hard work that he put in, that he would be going to like three three or four clubs a night, and not even able to go up. He's just going just so he can be seen. And it's like such a, a an interesting look at the weird industry that we became a part of, you know? Because mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's entertainment industry, you know. That's a, it's like what we do. But there's so many different avenues to get into it, and there's so many different ways, and there's so many different ups and downs, and. And it, it was just, it's really cool to hear his side of it. And from a different, cause like for, for me, you know, I'm, I'm living in a, a rural area where I'm trying to, to figure out how, you know, I can start traveling and doing it. And then for him, it's just like, I was, I wanted to hit the New York scene and it's just really, really cool. So that's where I'm at in the book right now, but yeah. it's really good. I definitely recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love Kevin Hart, man. Yeah. I love his specials. I think he's hilarious. When I interviewed him for TMZ, super nice guy. So... Yeah, Evan worked for TMZ. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned that or yeah, not. Yeah, so I, I mean, he was one of the guys where he was one of the big A-listers that I just kind of walked up on, and uh, you never know how those guys are going to really respond. And that guy was like, yeah, let's talk for 15 minutes about whatever you want to talk about. I was yeah. like, okay. 
I wow. Love, I love how you just threw that in. You're like, when I work for TMZ. Yeah, I'll it's throw like, that in. Well, yeah, but it's just like you it's so nonchalant. It's just like, well, not it's not all of us have worked for TMZ. Yeah, and it's so weird how many... Yeah, but Kevin Hart's one of those guys where, you know, I'll always kind of come to his defense, at least when people want to talk about, like, what they think about him as a person. Because I'm like, yeah, he's messed up a few times, but, you know what I mean? Comedically, a lot of people have. A lot of people have, and that guy is... Uh, and he owned it. Yeah. I mean, as far as so, I as far as I know, I don't know the whole story, but yeah. So yeah, I highly recommend the book. It was really good. Someone actually recommended it to me, and I want to say it was uh, one of the blessed ones of this group, mm-hmm. which is Kate. But I could be wrong, so correct me if I am wrong. Um, so yeah, that's 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 as far as like reading goes. That's all I've been doing is really in in that book. It's nice because I'm doing the audiobook version of it. Oh, so he's narrating it. He's narrating it, and I'm reading it like it, w- traveling to like shows and stuff. That's great. So like I sh- I'll probably finish it on my way to your house. Awesome. Uh, next week, so awesome. I think that's what's gonna happen. Thank you to the Patreon blessed ones. Uh, all right, so I want to take just a second. I want to thank uh, my Patreon supporters. Thank you for helping us. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, come on. Like, we wouldn't be able to do a show if it wasn't for uh, the equipment that we have, and we wouldn't have better equipment if it wasn't for all of our wonderful people that are like, you know what? This show's a blessing to me. I want to bless them. I'm going to give them a little bit of money. And that that's great, because you don't have to. You didn't have to do that, and then you did. And that makes you... Uh, one of the biggest blessings in our lives. So thank you very much. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Fawn. Thank you, Shan. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Danielle. And uh, to our newest blessed one, Veronica Rubadu. Thank you very much. Uh, Veronica is actually about to have a name change. Congratulations. She's getting married, and I will be at her wedding. How's that sound? That's kind of a cool thing. So the guy who does our... Uh, our music for the podcast is her dad, Michael Rabadou. And I met Veronica at a show, and she said, um, she emailed me and said that she listened to the podcast and she wanted to know if I could perform at her wedding. We talked about it, we set it up, and I will be at her wedding. So thank you for being a blessed one, and thank you for blessing us, and I can't wait to see you on your beautiful and wonderful day. But thank you for supporting us, and if you want to support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash blessed. There's three different tiers. There's like a $3 tier, there's a $10 tier, there's a $20 tier, and guess what? They all help. Obviously, $20 helps more, but if you can't do $20, I get it. If you can't do $3, I get it. Just leave a review, like like what we're doing, join the Facebook group, Jake Ribble's Blessed Ones. We're all going to have fun. I mean, that's the thing. We're just trying to help each other, help each other through this weird thing we call life and see uh, you know, how we can have fun, how we can have a good life, and how other people can. So let's just do that together. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I'm in. Speaking of, uh, of, of having a good life and having things go right, Let's get into the topic of the show. And now, time for Tots. The topic of the show. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about something uh, that is important, I think, and especially for this show. Yesterday, uh, we went on a little hike. You know, we went walking through my woods a little bit. I was just showing Evan the... The landscape that I've got here, um, I love it. It's very peaceful for me. I've got some trails cut through my woods, and 
and you know we have a big uh, open query that's that's on our property that you can just kind of go back and there's no water in it so it's just kind of a giant hole with all these rocks but it's for some reason it's super peaceful and mm-hmm. and relaxing so we just kind of like was walking around and we we just started um as one will whenever they're walking around with uh, someone who looks like me <laughs> we just started <laughs> talking about you know just peace and god and happiness and like what what does life mean and and where are we and everything and we kind of came back up by the house and sat down and started uh just hanging out and and we really started getting into some deep conversation and i was just like hey man let's talk about this on the podcast tomorrow so the topic of the show this week is is we're just going to go ahead and and call it you know what is it to be blessed and uh, we've done this before, but it's cool that we have a different perspective. We have uh, somebody that has a completely different life than I've lived and is, is living a different life, but like on the same path that I am. So uh, so we're just going to get into a little bit of, of like what, what a blessing is. So the first thing I, I always say is that people look at whenever... They they hear me say like laugh and be blessed sometimes, and I say it. It's on my merch. It's on my podcast. I say it on all my shows. Um, sometimes people take that as like a religious uh, platform or a religious take that I that I, I'm doing, but it's not. It's not like a religious thing by any means. Now I will say this: it does involve God, but to me, everything does. Good, bad, ugly, beautiful. You know, uh, I'm of the mind that God is in everything. There is a creator of all things. He is in everything. Uh, I understand for a lot of people that's very hippy-dippy. But if then you've obviously never seen me. (laughs) Because what else would I be talking about? So, um, so like, for you, Evan, like, what do you feel like, like, like whatever you hear me say, like, laugh and be blessed. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that, what do you feel like the blessed is to you well i think but like and i've i've just kind of come around to a lot of this stuff to be honest you know like you know i have a, a jewish background and was bar mitzvah you know so religion god something has always been very you know it's hard to identify with nothing you know um when i think of blessed i i personally just think about the gift of awareness, which I think is ultimately something that like you don't realize a blessing unless you're aware of it. And once you become aware of it, well, that's when you can see, start to see blessings in everything, the good, the bad, because, you know, without the bad, you're not necessarily going to have the good. Sometimes the worst things in your life lead you to the best things in your life, you know, and, and unless you're aware that God is working in such a way you might be really quick to perceive something as not a blessing because it might not be doing what you think it needs to do within that moment. But like, you know, if you let, if you let things play out a little bit more, you'll, you might look back and be like, Oh, it was a blessing that that happened. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, I, someone getting laid off from their job, um, that they've had for a long time could be the most terrifying thing in the world. But, you know, if that leads them to six months later, they've started their own successful business that they've had in their back of their mind for seven years and it's taking off and they're happy. Well then, yeah, you didn't see it as a blessing then, but you know, and so I think that 
truly blessing to me, and I, I haven't really thought about this prior, I'm just really kind of articulating as I go along, but it's just, it's the awareness that we're always right where we need to be at all times, and we've experienced everything that we've needed to experience, and it's a blessing if you can have that level of, in my opinion, like that level of just like, I truly feel blessed for everything that's happened in my life that has led me to this point. Yeah, I think and I have an great. awareness that even the worst things ever, or what I perceived to be at the time, um, is actually gotten me to this point. Which, you know, again, it's one of those things where, you know, really all we have is here and now, right? The, and, and people say that all the time. Sure. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, when you're thinking too much about the past, you can often live with regret. And jealousy, and if you think too much into the future, well, then you're acting as if you're in control, like truly in control. And yeah, right. we have free will, but in reality, it's like I can plan a show at the Double Tree Hotel, plan it on the outdoor patio, and then it could rain. And next thing you know, we're doing comedy in a, a hotel lobby while people are checking in with their kids. <laughs> right. You yeah. know? Yeah. So um, I know that was kind of like a long-winded answer. No, but, I think that's um, great. I yeah. mean, the fact of like of, of phrasing it, and that's why I like asking this question is because blessing can mean so many different things to people. It get, and a lot of times I think that a lot of people look at it like a blessing is something that I get. And I like your take on it where you're just like, no, like being blessed is is awareness. Like I think that's really, really dope because it is. Like it's... You, you, you know, uh, something good could be happening, but if you're not paying attention to the thing that is happening, is it really good? You know what I right. mean? I mean, like last night, for example, it would have been really easy to get discouraged about the show and the circumstances that we were in. Yeah. And a couple of times we, we almost got there. But at the end of the day, you know, we look back on last night and I'm like, well, I, that was a great night. You know, you know, financially we were taken care of. We met cool. We met people. We did some stuff again. So until you let that whole thing play out, you're not able to be aware that there's a reason why it was rocky. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that learning, learning from these things is is the biggest thing too. Is 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 being aware. And like you're saying, if there's things that I've been through in my past that may have been. I felt damaging at the time or I feel like I went through them and I couldn't at the time we don't understand why we're going through this and why would God punish me or why is the universe punishing me or, or, you know, why are these bad things happening to me? And then later on, maybe it's like, you know, I always look at it like this. Like I had some, some, some bad stuff happen to me whenever I was a kid that, you know, and people are like, you know, if you could go back, would you, would you not do it? And it's like, you know, selfishly, I would love to say no. I'd love to say there's no way I would do that again or, or, or allow the child to go through what they went through. Um, but I could say this, that years afterwards, there was times that there were people that was sitting across a desk from me that was saying, well, I went through this whenever I was a kid and it's messed me up and now I don't know where to go. And it's like, hey, man, I went through that too. And here's my story. And I can give my story and I can give my perspective. And now all of a sudden, I have empathy for somebody. I have sympathy for somebody. I can, I, I'm saying, you know, your situation is different from mine, but I did go through a similar situation. So we're now all of a sudden, there's this bond between us because, you know, we went through something together separately. Mm -hmm. 
And now they're able to open up to somebody that they've never been able to open up before. So it's like, well, if I go back and I say, well, I wish that never happened to me, that's a selfish thing for me to ask. Of course I wish it didn't happen to me. But if it didn't happen to me, would I be able to shelter maybe my children from certain situations and for certain circumstances that I understand that I got myself into or or what have you where it's like, you know, now I'm able to be like, well, that's probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Well, because when I was a kid, I did something like that, and this is what happened, you know. And I can, and I'm honest with my kids. My kids know everything about me. Like I'm very upfront and honest with them. So it's like, yeah, I feel like what you're saying is is like those things built who we are, and if we take away even a piece of it, does the whole thing fall apart? You know what I mean? It's right. like it, it's like what if we, right. what if we do just remove this one block and say, well, this was a bad situation. This is a bad thing that happened in my life. I wish this never happened. Mm-hmm. I hate that I dwell on this thing. I hate that I think back on this thing all the time. So I'm just gonna remove it. I I hate it. I'm just it, like if we have the ability, like think about it. You know, you have the ability to go back and just erase a moment in time. Mm-hmm. Well, if you erase that one block, I mean, the whole thing could come tumbling. Maybe that's your cornerstone. Maybe that was the thing that you went through that was a horrible, tragic experience that was able for you to save somebody's life one day or, you know, or or what have you. And maybe I'm just throwing stuff out. Who knows? Maybe I'm just saying things. Well, I mean, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, for a long time I was kind of like atheist. I thought... You know, but still being like, I'm Jewish. And they're like, how are you? You know, I'm like, you know, so I didn't know what I was. But one thing when I really started, again, to acknowledge, like, you know, my belief in God and I, and not just in a way where I'm like, I need this. I'm, I'm struggling. It was like, no, like, I've, there's too many things I can't explain other than this, like, yep. yeah. other than through this. And one thing specifically that I, I didn't realize at the moment, it was only within the past year when I looked back and connected some dots, made me realize like God is with you kind of all along, even in those moments when uh, you think you're in control and you know you think it's all on you, you know, he's still kind of there. Uh, but I was in a car accident my senior year of high school and it happened on Halloween day of 2008. And car flipped down the highway a bunch of times, injured my hand, you know, that's a story for like another, I've, I've got some, a comedy bit about it, but it's also like a convert. That's more of a story for me to tell at another time. But the, the point sure. I'm trying to make here is about like eight years later, I want to say it was like 2017, 2018, maybe 2018, actually Halloween. My girlfriend and I are at her parents' house out in Long Island, Oyster Bay. We decided we're just going to chill there for Halloween, not do much of anything. And Something happens where her brother's on his way to like a Halloween party and he calls us and he's like, hey, there's this guy across the street in the park because they live across from like the park in the, the, uh, the high school. There's a guy who's like struggling. He's like crawling. There's a dog around him. He's like, I got to get to this party. Meanwhile, he was dressed as Superman. Right. I'm like, dude, you are not Superman. <laughs> I got to go, but I made the phone call. But he knew that we were at the house. We knew we were, he knew we were within walking distance. So he's like, can y'all go check it out? So we go check it out, and there's this dude there that is, like, struggling. He can't walk, can't put his speech together. And, like, you know, your initial thought, something like that, you're like, is that dude wasted? Maybe. Sure. So I'm trying to, like, pick this dude up, and, like, 
Um, he doesn't reek of alcohol at all, but he can't stand it. He keeps falling. So we call the paramedics and all this stuff. Again, to make a long story short, a couple days later, you know, we find out that this guy had a brain aneurysm mm. and was dying on the street. And he was saved because people got to him in time. And this happened on Halloween Day, mm -hmm. years later of my accident, right. which happened on Halloween Day, in a, which, again, there are certain moments in my car accident that are truly unexplainable, uh, where you know I've, I dreamed my car accident years before it happened. While the car was flipping, I felt sheltered and protected in a weird way. Um, things I can't explain about that day. Yeah. Um, again, that car accident literally led me to doing comedy 10 months later. Stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just to kind of say that thing where maybe it does lead you to save someone's life. Or maybe, yeah. again, in those moments when you're not believing in God... God is like, I, I'm still going to try and show you that I'm real however I can. And if you want to connect these dots, you can. And if you don't, you don't have to. Yeah. You have free will. Yeah. But I do believe, not to say that anyone's choice is right, I do believe the moment you can start connecting dots and kind of acknowledge that there is this kind of natural rhythm and pattern um, and that, you know, your attitude truly you know, affects the world around you. Yeah. Um, is the moment that you begin to be blessed. Well, and like things just begin to, you know, uh, like one of my favorite things to say, and I think it's almost what you just said is that you don't have to believe in God for him to believe in you. Like he made right. he, you, he, he believes knows, in you. Yeah, he, he knows what you're he capable knows of. He knows you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause there's a lot of times where people will just tell me, they're just like, well, I don't believe in God. I'm like, dude, that's fine. Yeah. And it's completely fine. And there were times that I didn't believe in yeah. God. You know, and I'm lucky that he still believed in me. And whenever I say God, I'll be honest with you at this point, And I've talked about on the show before, I don't really know what that means. I don't really know. I, I like to think that it is the God of the Bible. And, mm -hmm. um, but you know, some stuff has happened to me to where it makes me question it. And, um, but then I have to keep in mind like, well, maybe it's just, uh, you, you know, I don't, I can't put man things on god so the creator it's yeah, just it, the that's creator the creator yeah. of all things yeah and i think that i i do have a little bit different view that's the same but i just word it different you know i think god is everything mm -hmm. I, I i do i mean i really do i think that uh, the only way for me to imagine god is to imagine god is everything mm -hmm. god is everywhere at all times he's in all things he's just everything there's an energy that we can't see and that is god mm -hmm. and but you said something inter interesting yesterday. You were talking about um, a website that you like. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I mean, I you know I have a really great therapist who's also very spiritual and and, and religious and and kind of helps kind of bridge the gap between the two. But there's someone that she really likes, and I checked out his website. And this guy's name is 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 uh, Vons Wilhelm, and I'm not sure exactly where he's from, but he has this website called lifeexplained.com and or lifeexplained.org it's one or the other but it's life explained and this guy just has a very interesting idea on on the game of life right there's so many things we want to think that aren't explainable and and this guy ha has take i don't you know through his research taken the attempt to to explain it and a lot of it has to deal with 
the soul and consciousness. And I, again, I'm not able to fully, this is just literally secondhand me explaining sure. it. And yeah. do I believe it? I don't know. I just, I'd like to, I find yeah, it very but interesting. Also it, it, it puts your flavor on it. Which it puts is my what flavor on it because, because certain things that he said helped me with what I've gone through a couple of times where one thing that he mentions is that, you know, once something is created, it is truly hard to destroy. And as it relates to the human being, our consciousness, our our consciousness, you know, in a lot of ways, science has proven you can't destroy consciousness once created. And what this guy talks about truly has to deal with the soul, the consciousness, and how the soul exists and plays out in this physical realm we call Earth and all of these different things. But one of the things that he he mentions, which I found to be really kind of interesting, is that we as souls have come to this Earth many times in many different variations. Because again, once consciousness is created, you can't really destroy it. And what he talks about is that when we're kind of just acting out of consciousness and not our ego... You, Jake Rubel, as human being, when you look in the mirror and you see Vietnam Jesus, me, Evan Burke, I look in the mirror, I see, you know, young Jewish guy from Atlanta, <laughs> right? Like, once you strip that away and all that's left is the consciousness, is when, I mean, it's who knows what happens then, right? right? Kind of thing. But what he talks about is that so often, or not so often, but what he thinks in kind of like a re reincarnation type idea is that we as souls come to this earth knowing what is in store for us, knowing what our path is, knowing the major hurdles that we are going to encounter, knowing the people and the other souls that are also going to come to this physical realm with us that we have to find, and then we have to do this together. And it's all in an attempt to to come here and accomplish something. And a lot of it is you know, what he says is kind of to heal ancestral trauma or, again, just to ultimately vibrate at a higher state of consciousness, really. And one thing that he talks about is that, again, you know the map before you get here, but the moment that you are born into this physical world, like, you forget. Like, you truly, like, you truly forget. However, there are things that are meant to push you in the direction of it. Like if you are in touch with your kind of higher self and you're not thinking out of the ego is when you're really able to understand where your steps are being guided versus when you're, you know, you think about your ego and then that makes you go buy a new shirt for that girl or, you know what I mean? Kind of thing, which again, none of that is bad. We all have free will to do it kind of thing. Um, yeah, but is it is that hindering you from getting to that enlightenment that you're looking for? Exactly, right? Because you're out here looking at a girl when, you know, you might God might want you over here looking at this, which again, he'll give you free will to go over there and and he'll support you the whole way and he'll try and always he'll be there to protect you kind of thing. But the one thing that really resonated with me about the whole you know the obstacles, you know the challenges in your life before you get here, you know the people that you're meant to encounter and and those relationships you know, you know this going into it. And again, cause, cause we've, what he believes is we've repeated this kind of generationally, uh, through various different ways or however you want to articulate beyond what we experience here. But like, when I think about the fact that 
I dreamed about my car accident years before it happened. I really like, and what I dreamed specifically was a car flipping over down the highway, landing on top of my hand, me pulling my hand from underneath a flipped over car that's on top of it, and then me looking down and seeing what looks like Van Gogh painted a hand. That's what I dreamed when I was young. Mm -hmm. And then that's exactly the moment that I had in my car accident. Now, you know, a th you know, a lot of times psychology majors will they'll say, oh, your, your, your mind plays tricks on you. They planted that image to help you deal with the trauma and all that stuff. Maybe. Cool. Sure. Yeah. I like this guy's idea <clears throat> a little bit better. Um, and so that, that was a moment for me at one, when he said that. And, and I've always I've, – I've, I've known that aspect that I dreamed my accident for years. That's not something that I've recently remembered I dreamed. Like I – even when I was like in the hospital, I'm like, wait a second, you know, like I dreamed this, yeah, um, you know, and then so that that that's an example for me of of you know, and then from a very young age, I was putting on shows in my house, you know, with action figures. I had a little stage. I was putting on shows. I was always trying to entertain, and you know what I mean. So, and then here we are, you know, and then another thing that happened, I'll never forget when I first started doing comedy. I remember saying something to one of my friends where I think they might have said, like, what do you want? Like, well, what's your goal? And I said, man, I'd be happy just being a dude on TMZ cracking jokes about celebrities. Like, that would be it in comedy for me. Like, that mm -hmm. would be making it for me, actually. Right. Is like me doing stand-up getting me to a place where, uh, you know, and, and then that. And then you got it. Well, it, well, it happened, you know, so there, I feel like there's a reason it was said. I feel like, you know, so again, it's like instead of just believing coincidences and I'm in control of everything, my fa my failure, like, and, you know, and a failure is a failure and not actually, pro you know, the road to success. Right. Um, you know, it, it can be really easy to, so, you know, when he said that, and then I think about a lot of the people that have come into my life, and I, and I, and I like to believe that, you know, I do like to believe that, you know, consciousness can't be destroyed once created. You know, I really want to believe that. No, uh, whenever you said that yesterday, there's a couple things that stood out to me. And then you explaining it now, there's a couple things that come to mind. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, when you say that there's a path that's led out before us, before we even get here, basically. And this is all him saying. This is me just... Sure, yeah, but yeah, yeah sure. To, but yeah, yeah totally. but but you told me, yeah. so... Uh, yeah. And way, I, I like it. I'm and, saying I like yeah. his And the, I way like you his word, the way you worded it like is yours, idea. so I'm okay with yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, you saying that... I like that idea because there's certain people that you meet in your life that I feel like you instantly have this connection with that, because you're saying like, basically we already know these people. We already know. We already know these souls. We already know these souls. Exactly. Yeah. We already know. Uh, you could have, your soul when we met in the past life could be under a whole different, a whole different physical body. Sure. Right. Yeah. And you then, know? and and maybe we were friends then. You know what I mean? Because there are certain people that you kind of meet every now and then that you're just like, no, we've known each other. You know, like I feel like, um, well, and, and and I'll just use you as an example. When when I met you, Dusty was like, hey man, this is my friend Evan, and I met you, and I was just like, oh hey, what's up? But we didn't like connect. We didn't have like a conversation or thing. It was just like, hey, what's up? And you know, we were nice to each other. But there was a moment when we were in a green room and we were doing a show, and I I remember the moment that I turned and looked at you and was just like, hey, we're doing it. 
and uh, like we're we're living our dream, man. And for whatever reason, at that moment, you turned and you looked at me and you smiled, and we're, you were just like, "We are doing it." And I was like, "I know this guy." I just there's some there was this I'm like, who does he remind me of? I started thinking right then. I'm like, this guy reminds me of somebody. I don't, and maybe you remind me of you. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like maybe right. that's what it was. Right, maybe I was just right. like, oh, I do know him. And I, you know, I don't know if that, if, if that stuff is legit. I don't know if it's real, but it makes sense to me because there are certain people that you meet in your life. Like, dude, we met one time and now you're sleeping in my house. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But it was just like, oh yeah, that's, that's Evan. Like I, I trust him. Like I, I, I there's something about this guy that I'm just like, yeah, he's my friend. I get yeah. it. And there's just certain people that you, that you're put in contact with that it's, you just mesh with that you're like. Because there's other people that you meet that you 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 have great conversations with, you have so much in common with, and you feel like, why are we not like best friends? But then those people are just kind of gone, you mm-hmm. know, and you just don't think about them again. And and maybe those people just weren't in your path. Maybe those people that that just wasn't the direction. And uh, I always tell people, you know, they're like, man, you know, you got you got such cool things going on right now. Like, how are you doing this? You know, because I do have. Probably two of the coolest jobs for me personally. I'm a stand-up comedian, and I write movie reviews. Mm-hmm. Those are like perfect jobs yeah. for me, you know. And the only thing I can say is there was a path that was laid out before me, and I'm just walking it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know. I just, I thought I want to write movie reviews, and then I started working towards it, and it happened. You know, yeah. and it's like, and I, I ended up in a, in just a. I always say, you know, I'm just, I'm incredibly lucky. But it's like, is that true? Am I lucky, or did I just accept the fact that no, this is what I'm supposed to do? So if I just do the thing, eventually it'll work. And I think it's closer to that. I think it's closer to being like, no, you're supposed to do this, so it'll just be the path will be open for mm-hmm. you. It's not easy. You're still going to have to work for it and you're still going to have to work hard for it. But for whatever reason, there's other things that I wanted to do that I've tried to do. And those things were, you know, I wanted to be, uh, you know, a musician. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to happen because yep. I don't, the, my path doesn't have a good voice. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be an artist and I wanted to, to illustrate comic books mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm okay at drawing, but I'm, I'm not, up to par. I can't do it. And even if I worked hard at it, I don't know if I would ever have that eye for it because that's not my path. Maybe this is just my path. So like, that's the first thing that kind of comes to mind. And also, you know, I always say that my wife is my best friend, which a lot of people are like, that's gross. You know, a lot of people are like, ugh, like you guys are disgusting. And it's like, no, she was my friend before we got married. And then we've been together for 15 years now. Like, Obviously, we've just grown closer and we're a lot more alike and everything. And um, yeah, she's she's just my best friend. And um, is that is your phone ringing? Oh yeah, my uh, no, it's cool. I just heard something. Yeah. So, but then the other thing that I thought about was the fact of you saying like we have to let go of like our ego. Like, is it our ego getting in the way? Um, an interesting fact is that almost all cults start with saying you have to destroy your ego. (laughs) It's true. Like a lot of them do, Uh, which is funny, but also look at, look at it this way. Cults, uh, 
are very effective until they're not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Most of them start with good intentions. Not all of them, but most of them are like, this is a a group of people who are trying to find something that want a better life, that want a better future for their children and stuff like that. And then it always ends up being the dude running the cult is uh, a psycho. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just usually the way that it goes down because too much power equals, you know, a psycho. But in the beginning, you know, they're taught uh, that like especially like the Manson family like they were taught strip yourself of your ego you don't matter right. you don't matter strip yourself now he did it in a different for a different reason though Manson was doing that because he's just like you don't matter I do when in reality it's strip yourself of your ego you don't matter you do mm-hmm. you know what I mean right. it's just like this thing that you think is you is not you man right like you think that you are all of these things. You think that you are that house. You think that you are that car. You think that you are that job. You think that, you know, and none of that is you. Mm-hmm. There's there's a real you. And I've talked about it before to where, you know, the thing that I had some, some stuff happen to me that changed my life a few years ago to where I, I no longer wanted to be in the position that I was in where I was pursuing a, a career as a preacher, basically. I wanted to be a traveling evangelist. And, uh, I was on my way to kind of doing that. I feel like I was, I was, you know, having the right words said to me, I was taking the right training. I was in the right position. And then, you know, I'd look at myself in the mirror though. And I'm like, that's not who I am. Like, I'm not this, this thing. I don't, I don't, I don't even recognize who I am. And whenever I strip myself of all those, those thoughts and those, um, ideas that, you know, maybe other people were feeding to me, or maybe I was just saying, well, that's what a, that's what a real good guy would do, you know, or, or whatever. Once I, like, got rid of all of that stuff and just got to the point where I'm just like, man, none of this matters. Mm-hmm. Like, none of this matters, man. Like, you know, the people, I, I get people say stuff to me sometimes where they're just like, dude, I love your hair. I love your beard. And I'm just like, well... It's like that because I don't care. Right. Like it's, I literally stopped cutting my hair and stopped shaving because none of it matters. You know, I'm not going to be clean shaven because I I was clean shaven for so long because I was told that that's what I have to do in order to be presentable to the world. And then I got to the point where I was like, that doesn't matter. Right. Because all that's doing then is that's me putting on a specific uniform for, for me to then maybe trick somebody into thinking that I'm something that I'm not. So where now, maybe you have to get through some stuff to actually learn who I am. You know, at first you might look at me and you just might be like, what is this dude's deal? You know, he's got hair, he's got this this long beard, you know, he's got these weird glasses. Like, what's going on with this guy? And then you get to know me and you're just like, oh, he's just a normal dude. Right. Like, he's just a guy that's just trying to be happy and just trying to do his thing. And I, I, I do think that's what I, I had to do is I had to get to that point to where, and I'm not saying that like, I, I, de- I definitely still have ego. I still struggle with a lot of things. Like there's definitely a lot of things that I'm like, oh man, I got to have that. You know, I just, man, I really want to have that. I collect things. I'm a collector. So it's like, there are certain parts of me, but I think that's also okay. As long as that stuff doesn't get in the way of you trying to find who you should be or who you are. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great, man. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, I just think about like, you know, all, all the decisions that we make and, and, and I always just like to go back to anytime you feel like you should do something and everyone is telling you not to do it. If you really believe you need to do it, you have to do it. And yeah. I think about so many of the times where 
the things that I was constantly told by my friends and family not to do because they were scared or worried or maybe they just didn't see the, what I saw as like, this is going to lead to this. Um, it's too often when we truly doubt uh, what our intuition says and we choose to go that other route to satisfy the voices around us. Oftentimes that, you know, you face a lot of resistance and things don't necessarily go as well. And, um, and yeah, you might be making other people happy, right? but in reality, are they even happy? Maybe, you know, but why Uh, is their happiness dependent on you? And that's the other thing is just like, you know, it's not my job to make you happy and it's not your job to make me happy. It's our job to, to just, to just be. And, and then like, also, and happiness yeah. will come from that, mm-hmm. you know, like, because like, for instance, whenever I was working in ministry, the thing that kept me there two longer, two years longer than what it should have was the fact of me not wanting to let these people down. And that was one of the worst two years of my life is because it was time, it, my path had changed and I was resisting, you know, I should have taken a left whenever I was going straight and it was it was rough and, um, I, but I, it's because I was telling myself that if I leave, it's going to upset these people when in reality, those people should just be okay with the fact of being like, I trust him. I trust that he's going to make the right decision. I trust that he's not going to, because a lot of people probably were like, Oh, he's going to go back to being an alcoholic. He's going to go back to doing drugs and stuff. And it's like, no man, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just trying to find myself. I'm trying to find the right path for me. I'm going to be fine. And I do feel like, and I'm not putting this trip on them by any means, but I do feel like if there wasn't that resistance, if there wasn't that kind of struggle in the end, those last two years of me struggling, if it would have been able to to sit down with those specific people and me say, this is how I feel, I love you guys, I'm not mad at you, I'm not upset with you, but uh, here's, the, here's the things that are going on that I don't agree with, I don't like this. Um, and for this reason, and if there wasn't that, well, you're wrong. Um, you know, if there was more of an open, I guess an open communication, I don't think there would have been that friction. And I don't think that I would have gotten to the point to where I was just like, well, maybe all of it's a lie. Maybe there is no God. And again, I'm not putting that trip on them because Mm -hmm. I maybe approached it in the incorrect way. Maybe I was aggressive in the way that I was saying it. Maybe I was throwing out accusations whenever I shouldn't have. Maybe I wasn't looking at the big picture. And it's a, it's just a whole situation. It's like, maybe if it would have just went down different. So maybe if we wouldn't have been hanging our egos on each other's thoughts and our each other's processes, maybe if I wouldn't have been looking at them like, well, you should be like this because I want to be like this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like maybe I was doing the same thing that they were doing in a different way where they're saying, well, you have to be clean shaven. You have to, you have to cut your hair short. You know, you can't be doing this. And, and why would you want to wear a Grateful Dead shirt? You know, that's, that's an abomination. You know, you have skeletons on your shirt and stuff like that. When it's like, dude, I just dig the music and I think the artwork is fantastic. But you know, they're like that. But then on the flip side of it, You know, whenever I'm just like, look, you know, I think that this is the way that things should be ran. Well, am I doing the same thing that they were doing? Like, I'm I'm, I'm hanging up my ego on on their thing then. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like it's it's hard to find that balance and it's hard to find that, you know, it's I think it's especially hard for us to to get to that point to where we're just like, man, maybe I'm wrong, too. 
you know right. like maybe well and that's and i always say that to people i'm always like i don't claim to know yeah uh, i can just tell you what's helping me and um and i do think sometimes that this might be a healthier school of thought to subscribe to you don't have to i'm just saying right like, but again it is coming from a place of and sometimes it, it bridges the the got the line between you know, I'm trying to help, and they're like, "Well, I don't need your help," and you know, and and there's, but there are certain things that people just have to come to on their own. Sure. And but it's hard not to whenever you find something that really helps you and that you're yeah. excited about. It's hard not to want to share it, you know. And that's why, um, you know, you can just look at it like this: if you found out that you went to a specific tree and stuck your hand in that tree, and it gave you a million dollars, but you could only do it once. So you would you not tell your friends? Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you can keep getting the money for yourself. You can only do it one time. Right. But you did it, and now you have a million dollars. Why wouldn't yeah. you want to go tell your friend, like, dude, stick you your, this. put your hand yeah. in that tree. Yeah. But but also think about that. Think about you walking up to somebody and be like, if you stick your hand in that tree, you're going to get a million dollars. And they're just like, you're an idiot. Yeah. I'm not going to put my hand in that tree. Are you stupid? What's in there? Where are you trying to trick right. me? And maybe that's what, whenever you're just like, dude, if you just strip yourself of your ego and stop caring about worldly things and start thinking about the inner self, you're going to, you're going to be a millionaire yeah. and people are just like, shut up. I'm not looking in there. Right. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. It's just like, I got this, I got this other thing I'm trying to work yep. on and we have to just be okay with just being like, okay, cool. Okay, no, cool. no, no. I just want to let you know, like just a heads up in case later on you need it. There's a hole over in that tree. Yeah. And you get a million bucks. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, you don't have to do it. Right. I'm not telling you to do it. Right. Because it's weird. Yeah. Because it's a real weird thing. Yeah. And it sounds made up. Yeah. And I'm just letting you know, it sounds made up. It sounds like I'm setting you up for something. And I promise I'm not. I promise that I just really want you to be blessed. Yeah. And I'm trying to help you. Yeah. So don't don't put your hand in it. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. but if you do, yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like sometimes I feel like whenever you get into like to trying to better yourself and better your life and you, you get excited about it. You want to help your friends. Like I talked to some people sometimes they're like, what do you do to like just find peace, man? And I'm like, honestly, what I do is, is I'll light some incense. I sit down on the floor on a pillow with my wife and, and I close my, and I, and I breathe. And they're like, you just breathe. And I'm like, I'm just breathe, man. I'd like, I breathe really, really slowly. I breathe very, very deeply. And I breathe a specific way to, to where I feel like I'm centering myself. And I personally play music whenever I do it. There's a uh, there's an album that I really like. It's it's uh, the artist his name's Arthur. It's from like the 60s, 70s. I don't know a whole lot. I just found this album one time. I was at a record shop. I liked the song that they were playing over the speakers. I walked up and I was just like, "Can I buy this album?" And they were like, "Yep," and took it off the record player and sold it to me right there. Came home, put it on. I love it. And it's just really, really like just very mellow and i just it's i think it's dreams and images is the name of the album i really dig it chia doesn't like listening to music so much whenever we meditate she likes silence i don't like silence my ears ring mm -hmm. i don't like it i can't I, you know it's never silent to me there's something going on so i can't really do that but like i'll tell people i'm like yeah man i put on this record and i just chill and i just breathe and they're just like that sounds stupid and i'm like well don't put your hand in the tree i'm right. just trying to help right. like you know it's like it's not for everybody like the thing that works for me 
might not work for you because we have we have different paths and maybe our spirits aren't connected. You know what I mean? Maybe we weren't supposed to to do this. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Or sometimes man. again, it's I, I believe that if anyone's approaching us about anything, it is God either guiding our path or testing us. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one or the other. Yeah, so, sure. And the choice you make in that moment determines where where you're making choices from. Right. The ego or the higher self. Yep. And, you know, one thing that happened to me also right before the pandemic, like literally two days before, I got a job interview with ICM, talent agency, one of the biggest comedy talent agencies in the world. I got a job interview there to uh, be like a talent agent assistant to then become a talent agent. Like that would have been right kind of the trajectory and i have this job interview like like literally on a thursday gavin newsom has already announced la is going into a lockdown on sunday night for whatever reason they're still bringing me into this interview at icm i have this job interview with the most powerful comedy agent at icm and they're basically vetting me they're like you know we're you're what you're what we're looking for we're not we don't want a guy fresh out of college we want a guy that's worked in the professional world that understands comedy but we want a guy that wants to do this job mm-hmm. and wants to do it well we're not just trying to get some 22 year old and the one thing that the guy said he's like i see that you do comedy and i see that you're like doing comedy um he's like just so you know he's like i've never made an, an assistant quit comedy but I will tell them that if you want to be anything other than an assistant, you will have to quit comedy. So are you ready to do that? Mm. Which is which totally makes sense. I don't know any so agent. I don't know any comedy agent that also still does comedy. That's just right. That that would be weird because it's a conflict of interest. When it's basically. also just like know your role, dude. As The Rock says, know your role. Yeah. What's your role? Yeah. And and so that was a moment where, and again, the world ended up shutting down. The entertainment world kind of went on a hiatus. Was never really, never was never even offered the job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the interview, he was just like, "I feel like, I feel like that was a that test was, was or a, a test, sign, yeah. just me being asked point blank by a physical body, how do you feel? Where do you want to take? Which direction? Do you yeah. feel like you have something to say? Do you feel like this is your path, or?" It made you, you answer like, questions that you're probably already thinking, but you yeah, had to answer them. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, and so it was one of those moments where, and it really kind of helped me realize that, you know, if I'm going to do this life, um, I want to do, I want to do comedy. Yeah. Luck- know, wanna, luckily for me. Like, I think I'd be, a, and that's the thing is like, I'd be a great, I think I'd be a great agent. I think I'd be. I do too. Yeah. I think I'd be one of the best agents in comedy if, I, if I opted to do that. Um, but I do feel like, I'd be coming from a place out of fear and ego um, if I went that route simply because it, I'd be protecting myself. And when in reality, I know I know what I want to do. And I think that there are some people where, no, I mean, take that route. Like, you know, again, support it. But for me, it's like I had to answer that question for myself. Right. And I was asked point blank right before the pandemic. I think that's a – right before, I mean, you really were allowed to see strangers. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know – uh, yeah. kind of thing so um yeah so I, I just think that anytime you're being approached about anything by anybody you know it's your you got to determine where's that person coming from sure 
And how do I want to respond? Is that person coming from ego or not? And then do I want to come from ego or not? And then, you know, because I do think that like you have two voices in your head. Maybe some people have more, but I think you got two. You've got your ego and you've got God. And anytime you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, that's the ego. Okay. And anytime you're like, no, I'm doing it. Like, I'm great. That's God. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not I'm doing it and I'm great, but more like, no, I know what you mean. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. uh, like any, we're doing it. We're winning. Anytime you're like, I'm, ex again, anytime. Like you, me looking at you in the green room and saying, we're doing it. It's like we talked about, you know, it's like, and then the, with the whole soul thing, it's like they talk about if that's real, you come to earth, you completely forget, and it's and it's your job to kind of reform your brain and kind of remember this thing or whatever. Well, and it's kind of like, think about, you know, mindfulness and be, trying to remain aware of the idea that. I am right where I need to be in this moment and everything that's ever happened to me has led me to this moment and this moment is right where I need to be. That might last five minutes and then you forget about it. Sure. And then you, you know, so think about how easy it is to, to kind of take yourself out of that and completely forget. And I think that's where, the, again, the true blessing comes in is when you can really just live that. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any regrets I don't have any regrets about the past, and I don't have any expectations for the future. Mm -hmm. I well, mean, what better place to live in? Well, I think what it comes down to is how often do we sit here and think internally about these things? You know what I mean? Because you're saying if somebody comes up to you, because we be think a we test. can control them, right? So we just or think we just or we just don't even think. We act before we think. You know, if somebody comes up, it could be it could possibly be a test or a blessing. You know, it's it's just like a well. If we don't think about it, we won't know. Right. If we're just moving forward, if we're, if we're just putting our head down and just pushing forward and just like, I just got to get through life. I got to get through life. We're going to miss life. Right. You know, I think it is important for us to stop as often as possible and just think about what, think about the moment, think about what's happening, think about what does it mean, think about, you know, what are we, what are we getting from it? Like, what is God trying to do here? Right. Exactly. So... All right. Well, I think we. Uh, I think that's probably good. That was you great. Good? You feel good? I feel great. I man. feel pretty good about it. That was it. great. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. for doing this with me, man. I Thank really you, dude. It. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to come to Nashville. And yeah. Then, uh, maybe we'll do it again whenever I'm in Nashville. Who knows? Let's do it, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Jay. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, just do all the stuff that people always say. You know the things. People are like, oh, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Just whatever you want to do, just do that thing. All right. I love you guys. Thank you very much. Have a good week and just uh, keep laughing and uh, just look out for those blessings. Laugh and be blessed.